Welcome to Sounding Board, the podcast about freedom and capitalism. Uh, I'm joined again by my esteemed brother, Andrew. We're still in lockdown. Um, I don't know about you, I miss my podcast chair. I'm, I'm sat in a really rubbish office reclining piece of plastic. I miss my decent I, chair. Yeah, I, 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 miss, I miss the kind of the proper kind of interactions. So you know, I, I'm I'm in quite a comfortable chair now in my office. So I'm, I'm, I'm you know I, I am comfortable, but it's not the same as being there with you, where we can properly look into each other's eyes and and kind of gauge, you know, what what each other are doing. There's a definite, you know, as much as working from home and doing things online like this are fine. There's no substitute to actually being there in the per, you know, with the other person. I agree. Um, so I kind of I, I really miss all that. I mean, this 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 is okay. But there's no substitute to being in the same room, and even even just get one getting getting some fresh air, wandering out, you know, at seven thirty, eight o'clock in the evening, going for a walk around yours, which is half a mile away, you know, seeing your kids, giving them a hug, um, you know, having a cup of tea. It's just yeah, it's it's. It is I've, a I've had experience. enough now. Yeah, I've had I'm, enough. I'm I'm totally with you. Um, I have poured a scotch already. It's mystery scotch. Um, because I've got no idea what's in this hip flask. Uh, although uh, it's got a, it's it's very clear. It's uh, it's a it's a very light, it's very pale whiskey, uh, and it's got it's got some good um, peaty notes. So I think this might be a Talisker. Um, yeah, it could be ta- Sky. I think is probably the one of the, the, the color wise. Yeah, it's certainly lighter than Storm. So that's that's what I'm on this evening. Um, and so I've I I have I have just just while we're talking about whiskey, um, I have some got a lot there. of color. Yeah, so this is uh, this is Loch Lomond whiskey. Now, Tintin whiskey, exactly, exactly. So I so I was I was reading. I've been reading Tintin books. Um, uh, well, obviously for probably thirty five years. But mum and dad bought me Tintin. Uh, like the, the you can probably see it behind me. Um, they bought the the, the yeah. Tintin collection for me. So I've been working my way through that. And I was just in Waitrose the other day, and I saw this Loch Lomond whiskey, and I remember thinking, "That's the one that Captain Haddock drinks, and yeah. and, and the Snowy the dog likes." <laughs> um, I've got to I've got to try some of that. So it's yeah, it's Loch Lomond ten year old. It's very nice indeed. Um, is it a so blend can, can, or is it a single malt? No, it's a single malt. Okay. Um, but I can I can recommend Tintin whiskey. Excellent Tintin whiskey, and I'll have to have some when we're when we're allowed to convene yeah. again. Your your health, sir. Yes. Cheers. Um, so I suppose our listeners will be pleased that we're not specifically going to be talking about the coronavirus this time around. You've been badgering me for a while now, and I've been saying it's the only game in town, it's what everyone's talking about, and there's, you know, there, there are angles that I still want to take uh, and points I want to make, uh, but you've been itching to talk about, um, about socialism again. Yeah, although, although you say that, and uh, and now I'm going to kind of hijack this back, and and I don't want to dwell on this at all. But ba- wouldn't you say basically the whole world, or you know, va- the vast majority of the world, has now been adopting a lot of socialism for the past four or five weeks, and already everything is turning into rust. It's just you know already in a matter of weeks the economy is tanking. You know, millions of people are now out of jobs. There are shortages. You have to, you know, you've got bread lines now, so you have to stand in a queue outside okay. Tesco to get to, to right. get some bread. I'm gonna, Everything is going wrong. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there. 
And I don't know whether this was specifically the angle you were going to take when you wanted to talk about this. I've, I've, I've had no prep with you on what we were going to talk about. But is it is it really socialism or are you just comparing it to some of the side effects that you get with socialism? Because socialism um, isn't about... Uh, it, it's about it's about state ownership. This is not like suddenly all businesses have been nationalised. Um, yes, the, yeah, it, it's about paying. Yeah, they want to pay people's wages, and so you can see parallels there. Um, but th- this isn't about nationalising the means of production, is it? This is just you're comparing having a breadline and or or, or a police state in general. And again, it's yeah, not so just it's, socialism. It's, it's, we, no, the, the, what's happened is that they've shortcutted, um, <laughs> nas- you know, nationalising everything. They've, they've, they've shortcutted in, in in owning the means of production and have gone straight to the police state. But don't um, you think so it's more right wing than left wing? Um, I think. Isn't this so, fascism more than it is communism? I d- I don't. I think people would gen. I think most people were generally freer under fascism. There were obviously certain sections of people who were the you know absolutely not free. Um, but I think in general you tend to get more I mean it could just be because you have more experiments with socialism than with fascism, but you tend to get this kind of these kind of police restrictions. You know, it's it's inevitable um, you know, with with socialism. Um so I think I think from that kind of from from that point of view it's I mean it's We've discussed in the past that this kind of thing is is common on both the left and the right. So maybe it's just we've tried authoritarianism and it's not working. Yes, um, well, we tried and, statism. And uh, well, let let me be clear: we are we are trying, and well, not you and I deliberately. We we as a as a country and as largely as a as a world, trying the idea of what happens when you have a massive economic shock. Uh, and and that's what we're going to live through over the next um, few years, if not decades. Nothing like the financial crisis, um, so-called financial crisis of you know two thousand seven, two thousand eight. The kind of economic changes that are going to happen um, as a result of this are are huge. Uh, but again, I'm, after saying we're not going to talk about coronavirus, that's well, yeah. So that, that that this is this wasn't my angle at all. That was just something that I, I'd, I'd kind of noticed recently. In that we've we've basically been trying authoritarianism out. Um, we've got to the police state. We've got to you know the it, you know we've got to the government um, to the stage where it's telling people you know who can go to work and who can't. Yeah, um, and it's just it's never going to work. It's absolutely never going to work. This is the closest we've got to a. It may only be a. See, you know, you t- they talk about five-year plans. This has been a, a, a five-week plan, and it's already gone wrong. Um, you know, it just it, that's a it, great it never point. works. It never works. Yeah, that's a great. Um, but that's point. not that's not the angle that I um, I wanted to take today. I wanted to talk a, a bit more about socialism in general, um, and uh, just but but from a, like a slightly from a slightly different angle. Okay. Or just I guess I guess kind of asking slightly different questions uh, about this. Um, I mean, just just going back to kind of COVID nineteen for for a moment. There's the, you know you know all the talk about social distancing, and um, yes. <clears throat> there's been a couple of kind of memes going around about like socialist distancing, and you should kind of sort of distance yourself from 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 socialism. But another point I've I've kind of I've made recently is that it's actually the socialists who are the best at socialist distancing, aren't they? You know, the real socialism has never been tried. 
that wasn't that wasn't real we'll socialism. See. That you know that oh that was Stalinism. That that's not that's not what socialism is. Um, and this kind of brings me on to kind of the angle that I want to talk about today. So there's there's always talk about you know it was just managed incorrectly or they they wanted different things and it wasn't real socialism. What I wanted to ask you is, can you think of anything that today's socialists are promising that yesterday's socialists didn't promise back in the day, whether it was you know Lenin or Stalin or whatever? They were all promising you know free healthcare and that the economy would be better. They'd look after you. Everybody would have a job. It's it's all the same thing. I suppose the only differences are in the specifics of the types of I mean, there's a there's a broad um broad statements are made over technology for example um, well yeah i mean but, so stalin didn't promise free broadband exactly um, exactly uh exactly uh, and there is a i suppose there is a, a very clear trend of whatever age the socialists are living in whatever technology is high high technology at the time is uh, is seen as what's going to enable the this marvelous true socialist state uh, only because we've reached the right level uh, and I suppose again the, the scratch record continues with um, capitalist crises uh, and and saying that because again that's a classic Marx thing wasn't it um, uh, of, of saying you know we'll get to socialism we need to get through capitalism first to get to socialism uh, and it'll be you know, be done through a crisis. Uh, what I've seen a lot of in the last few weeks, uh, other than the stupid, you know, people taking photographs of empty supermarket shelves or whatever and saying, oh, you thought this would only happen in socialism and all this kind of nonsense. Um, but the idea that now's the time, this is, this is another crisis, even if it's not specifically a crisis of capitalist making, albeit, again, they're trying to blame it on capitalism. Um, that this is the opportunity we need to to to, to move to socialism now, uh, but to answer your question quite directly, I I don't think it has changed. I can't really think unless you know, you, you specifically do have some. Uh, no, some that, that that was my point. Is that they, they promised exactly they, they were promising exactly the same thing that today's millennials who think they're the first people to ever think of this stuff. They were promising exactly the same thing for, for, you know, for decades and for decades. And also what is what is more important is that not only are they promising the same thing, the methods that they're talking about to, to get to this mythical end game are exactly the same as well. So it's it's we've 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 seen and we've heard it all before. So they're talking about giving us all the same stuff, you know, you we want free healthcare, everyone has a job. Etc. Etc. And these are the way to these are the ways of doing it. We're going to we're going to abolish capitalism. We're going to own the means of production for everything. We're going to have a five year plan. It's every, literally everything has been done before and has, has been tried before in exactly the same way. Just to just to sidestep a little there, um, do you think the same is true of centrism, uh, or do you think that there are so many different combinations? That a that a modern centrist can can come up with. We we would we would have to define 
the, the the type of centrism because because and just to, just to go over this quickly, you can be a centrist, and because you have a few centre left policies and a few centre right policies. So, for example, you might think that the state should own the means of production of healthcare and education, but that's it. And that you might think that there should be light touch regulation on 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 banking and on energy companies, but that's it. And the the rest we should be free. So that you'd be a centrist then. Yes. But then you could also be on the far left and the far right. You could say, right, okay, we need to nationalise railways and and roads and yeah, and and technology companies and broadband and Facebook. But we also need to have intense regulation and everything else. So you've got the far left. And you've got the far right. The government needs to license everything. Uh, you know, we need to highly regulate every single other industry. And you'd be a centrist as, as well by the, you know, so by, there are by a today's lot definition. There are. You can you can almost be, and, and I, I hadn't thought about this until just now, but you could almost be like a like a hard centrist or a far centrist. Ooh. and a soft centrist. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? So I you, do. Could, you could be in the centre and be, you know, slightly centre left and slightly centre right. With, with your beliefs or you could be have a combination of of, of far left and far right or, or or far left far left and hard right i a think far the way centrist <laughs> yeah, yeah so you're, you're either a far or a hard centrist um where you've got you've either got the best of you know or as i say the best of you you could you could be picking and choosing between center left and center right or picking and choosing between communism and fascism and you'd still be technically a centrist so I think we need to. I think we need yes. to coin the term "hard centrist" now for yes. the people who are, you know, who are on the extreme wings of, of both sides of the spectrum. Yes. Yes. Okay. But I, I interrupted you a bit there. So what? What was your question about about centrism? Oh, just that are they are the are the, are the centrists the same as they've always been as well? Uh, you know, you ask the question of of socialists: Are they a scratched record? Um, I, I wonder if the same applies to centrism, but you're right in that you can keep coming up with new combinations as if there is a golden combination. We talked about the golden mean fallacy as, as applying to centrists, but it's like they are just trying to find the ultimate right formula, correct formula. Yeah, so they're, they're, I mean, we've certainly classed them as magic formula monkeys um, yeah. before, and they're just just trying to get that, like you say, that that that, that right proportion of, of of everything. Just you know, if only you'd listen to me, I would I would sort everything out. Um, I think I think centrists have become harder over the years. So I think you extreme leftists have always been, you know, once you've got it in your head that the government owning the means of production is a good idea, that will be your answer to absolutely everything. So the hard left have always been there. Um, probably the hard right have, have been in the same place as, or the, the far right have been in the same place as well, the fascists, although there are very, very few of those uh, around. I listened, um, I listened to um, a, a Delling pod with carbon mike have you have you listened to i that haven't one heard that one yet um it it was it was really interesting it was it was really good he's a he's a he's a really interesting person to listen to this carbon mike um but there was a, a really interesting point which and he was talking very eloquently about decentralization uh and how networks not you know specifically computer networks uh you know net, how networks work and how um if decisions are made in aggregate at the very edges 
of, of networks uh, that you get you get better outcomes and you get outcomes that can try and fail and iterate and uh, and therefore achieve uh, achieve success uh, more quickly. Well, you, you and I you and I have talked about this before because that's both that's how we both design software yes. when, when, when we're writing software for, for exactly the same reasons. Yes, but I'm going to no, no, here's the but. Okay, okay. What he was saying was that, but yeah, but government can act quickly. And I just didn't, I just didn't buy it at all. He, he, he was, he was saying, and he, you know, this is a, this is someone who very much values freedom. You can, you can tell that very, very clearly. This is not someone who you would consider an authoritarian, but he valued some aspects of, of what the state is able to do in terms of being able to you know, take all the doctors from one side of the country and put them on the other side of the country if necessary. Um, now, I immediately in my head while listening to this just questioned it um, outright. But I just think and, and, it's uh, it fascinating. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's the reason that they needed to be over in that side of the country uh, because of, of state intervention in the first place. You know, well, so if we had if, well, if we had if we had a fully a fully private system, um, stuff would flow, and you wouldn't get these emergencies because people would have people would have moved earlier on. So you know, if you get like an outbreak of something somewhere, um, or you know, some some situation gets worse in some area of the country, um, it might get to the point where you need to move doctors very very quickly under statism. Um, but under a private system, they'd have moved there quicker well, anyway. So you never even get into that scenario. I, w- I want to try and distinguish here between different types of businesses, I suppose. B- business is, to a large extent, demand-led. Would you know, I'm sure you'd agree with that. Now, that's not the same as someone who creates a product that there has been no need for. You know, the inventors um, can create something and, and create a market for it. You, know, you never knew you needed um and and so that's steve different. jobs for example oh, yeah totally, he, he'd but, create iphones and ipads and, and and stuff that you didn't really need but you absolutely. just knew you wanted Ab- absolutely there's, 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 then there's so many examples of that um and uh, and innovators who are using an existing technology in a, in a, in a new and different way um but uh, businesses react to demand i suppose is a more a, a better way of broadly saying it uh, and so if there is demand for something then, then I I don't know of a better way of, of reacting to it. We, we only just you can only look at the reaction to coronavirus from governments um, and and the you know the need for um, protective equipment or and ventilators and all this kind of stuff um, to actually see how slow they are. And as we mentioned in one of our previous ones, that you know there are actually other medical interventions such as um, you know having people. Uh, prone, uh, lying on their fronts to not need a ventilator, um, that that you don't get from a bureaucrat sat in the middle. Well, whether that's a bureaucrat or um, or an elected official uh, or, or anyone centrally, um, because the intelligence is at the edge, and the intelligence is always at the edge, and it, it's actually quite difficult to get the intelligence from the edge to the centre. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and and that brings me on to to the, there's another question that I was that I'd written down that I wanted to ask you, and this is so you know I I and I, I've been struggling to do this, but can you think of how many things can you think of in the private sector that don't cope with demand thrown at it? That don't cope. Yeah. 
Well, I suppose it depends on your timescales, doesn't it? Um, and, and and of course, you, there are there are things where, and I'm talking about things that aren't, aren't like you know, aren't ultra scarce resources. So there's only a certain amount of gold you can dig out of the ground. If there's a lot of demand for gold, you know, there's there's only so much of it. But if you if you think about things like you know, like like, like how Amazon have coped recently and how the government are using them to to do some things, you know, it's it's the the the, the private sector always always reacts quicker. Than, than the public sector, and I think it, I think now we've we've kind of seen that, uh, you know, certainly in the last few weeks. Well, if you take food as an example, yes, the shelves were bare, but that was because people were bulk buying; they were hoarding because they feared exactly what was going to happen. And in fact, what you're showing there is that they were using their intelligence at the edge. I'm, I'm not saying someone panic buying toilet roll was acting particularly intelligently. But people who were stockpiling food, in fact, stockpiling any resource, were doing it very specifically because they could see far enough ahead that the government was going to lock them down in some way uh, and, and that those resources might then become scarce. And they were trying to get ahead of where the central planners actually were. Uh, but look, look, look how quick, look how quick yes, the stocks have been replenished yes. and, and the shelves are totally. full again, you know, within, within a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, we had quickly. this kind of, yeah, this kind of mass panic buying uh, and then, you know, supermarkets were, were empty everywhere. Within two weeks, I was in Waitrose again, everything was replenished. Yeah. The, the only issues we currently have are around the actual use of a supermarket. It's become a very alien experience, hasn't it? To queue outside in an incredibly spaced out queue, to be let in one at a time, uh, to uh, to have to maybe even go round the store in a particular direction and not double back and all this kind of nonsense. Um, that's what's changed. But uh, but the supply of goods has absolutely caught up. And they, you know there are still more things getting out of stock but again we're only we're only you know a month or so from from that initial um uh initial period where things started running out but uh, yeah we we've we've certainly managed to get everything after a week or so uh and continue to um uh, i i can't think of of any example of where the state run anything has reacted quicker not not least no, of which no, you, no, no. you get used to a certain standard or something i mean you, you mentioned again in a previous edition about how the nhs doesn't use hyperbaric chambers um for um for healing people um and uh, and and how the basically the private sector does um you know one of one of our kids uh, is 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 showing real promise at maths you know you anything you throw at him that's for his age range he just absolutely eats up, and so if he was not in a the, the current if, if the curriculum as it stands, so again, let's I'm not even distinguishing here specifically between um, state schools and private schools because education is also heavily regulated, and so there is a national curriculum that you have to adhere to. Um, but if a system was completely free of those constraints, uh, then what would be happening to my son is that he would be kept given more difficult, harder and harder maths topics to learn. Even if at age seven, he's doing calculus, if that's what he can do, then that's what you feed him. Um, Even if on other streams and other topics, 
um, he wasn't being given the same. If he wasn't showing quite the same promise in art or in uh, in English or whatever, then you 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 do things at the pace that you would need to. Um, and and that's and that's just me me looking at what he's doing. And in fact, the t- the teachers knowing, oh, he's absolutely great at maths. Well then why aren't you going far, further? Well, you can't go further because I've also got to teach another 29 other kids in the class and the rules say I have to teach him this. Where, uh, there was another example in English um, where uh, there was a particular level of using an adverb or something. Um, and I was saying, I said, yeah, but there's this as well. And he's like, no, that's not what I've been told. And we and we had the chat with the teachers. I didn't I didn't seek this out, but on the, um, on the parents' evening, I brought it up. Uh, I said, "Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you are you are absolutely right, but at this stage, we only teach them as this." And I mean, that that just shows that there's just far too much state control and and not enough freedom of something which would have a positive benefit. Yes, I mean, I remember getting I remember getting black pilled with regards to schools. From a very very early age. I mean, so so when we when, and this this is probably you probably don't remember this, but when we were when we were living in Barnet, um, I got moved up a year. Um, uh, so I was I was in like the year ahead. I didn't know um, that. Yeah, and and it was so I got I got moved because so so I was, I mean, mum and dad were great um, education wise. So I was I mean I could I was I was reading and I was writing my own name when I was two years old and uh, you know I. Well, I we- we both could read by the time we went to school. I yeah, I mean, I, could, I, I was reading and writing at, at two. Um, I mean, not you know, not Shakespeare, but I could. I was starting to read and write at two. Uh, so by the time I was like four and a half and, and going to school, you know, that was I, I had that down. Um, so uh, they put they put me up a year. Um, but even then, that was that was still too a bit too dull for me. So I was, I was thinking that I'm still I'm still ahead of everyone. I certainly remember the acting up that came as a result of that. Yeah, so I, I um, uh, so I got moved up here. But anyway, when I when we moved here, when we moved to to, to Peterborough, um, the school I went to, no, no, we don't, we don't, we don't uh, keep kids uh, on different years. So you're going to have to do that year again. So not only had I done a couple of years ahead of you know one year ahead and still found it boring, I had to do the same year again when I kind of moved yeah. up here, yeah. and it was it was game over by that point. It was absolute game over. You were so you I, were done. <laughs> I, I was done with schooling, and and I'd had enough, and and so I, I just never really put any effort in after after that point. You know, you know. I remember, I remember when when I went to senior school. I remember hoping, right, this is it. Senior school is going to be a bit better. It's going to be at a higher level, and we have to kind of, you know, perhaps learn a little bit, a little bit more stuff that's a bit more interesting. And I remember getting, you know, getting these kind of math textbooks, and so I took this math textbook home, and I did the whole thing in like a couple of weeks. Um, I remember. And kind of t- I took it back to the teacher that. and said, "I've done all this now. Um, so what's next?" Is like, well, no, that's that's it for the year. So you're going to have to kind of go and that, right, that's it. It's game over again. I've ha- <laughs> I've I have had it. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same. And, and you know, you should. And I'm I'm not saying that you, that you shouldn't have uh, you know special schools for people who are struggling, but it seems to be that currently. People, kids who are struggling, they're the only ones who get extra help. Um, yes. It doesn't seem like the kids who could do more are getting extra help. And, and I would almost argue that you're going to get more bang per buck by you know putting the effort into the geniuses 
and the kids who are going to be the, the, the you know, the, I was going to say world leaders, but, you know, like the inventors, the innovators, you know, the, the, these kids, um, you know, everybody benefits when there are more geniuses around and when there are more innovators and more, you know, more entrepreneurs and more, you know, just, pe- just people who are just cleverer than everybody else. You know, everybody benefits from these people who, who are inventing things and coming up with new ways and and all this kind of thing. So, it it doesn't just benefit the kid. It, you know, from a from an egalitarian point of view, if you're if you're a you know if you're a socialist or a, or a communist, it benefits everybody if, if if people are brought up to the highest level of their potential. So, why aren't we spending more time on kids who are clearly geniuses, clearly you know one step above everybody else? And not, it's just it's infuriating. Not- not all socialist regimes have liked the intellectuals. <laughs> um, no, no. I mean, it's but, but they're all crazy, aren't they? So uh, they all get know, crazy. Logic, logic, and you know, it doesn't come into. I, I must admit, and clear thinking doesn't. You know, well, no, quite doesn't I, come into it. I, I actually had, I did have a bit of a better experience, but it was down to certain teachers that I had. Um, my, uh, my, my form tutor at secondary school was a maths teacher and and he recognized very very early on um that i could do the maths uh, with my eyes closed and so he gave me extra work and he gave me extra tutoring um, from completely different books from books that weren't on the syllabus in the slightest uh and i did extra homework and all this kind of stuff uh and that that was really good and i remember i remember thinking that was great but that was because he was a good guy. This this was a guy who was acting completely outside the remit of the school uh, because he saw potential. Uh, and what you want I didn't is that across that. the board. Um, <laughs> sorry, I didn't. I didn't have that. No. No. I got In fact, because I remember, I remember you, you joking with me because you used to you used to. I, I mean, I used to get sent out of the class quite a bit. So you, you I used used to, to see you more in the corridors. Yeah, <laughs> you'd see me more in the corridors, standing outside someone's lesson. Than, than you would anywhere else, but I I, I just had it, I, I, and I would I would still, you know, I'd still get kind of top marks in in you know, particularly maths. And when I used to get because I, I kind of I just learned everything really early on. I, I, I knew all the I'd, I'd kind of maths I'd done science. the year's worth of syllabus, yeah. So I could afford to just doss around and 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 get sent out because I, I'd, I'd done that bit already. I, why why the the teachers didn't realise that? Hang on, he, you know, he knows this. Let's give him something else. Um, yeah, it just it didn't make any sense. There was no point in me. I, I couldn't see any point in me turning up to lessons yeah. at that stage. I wasn't yeah. learning anything. Um, and I, I know that's going to make me sound really arrogant, but it's just, I, you know, it's not that I I don't enjoy learning. I just, there was nothing for me to learn. And that's the difference. That's the difference is that you can't, well, to use a Boris term, um, he likes saying level up, but what what the education system does is level down. Quite specifically, it's, it's designed um, for a for a low consistency uh, rather than rather than actually pulling people up. It is. It's lowest denominator <laughs> teaching, isn't it? Um, yeah, we've got to teach thirty people all at the same rate, so we'll teach them at a rate that everybody can can manage. At, let alone deal with behavioural challenges and, and and all that jazz as well. Yeah. So back to socialism. Have you got any other? Got any other questions? Um, no, no, not really. No, I, it would, it would, I, I just wanted to, to go through those two things. Well, you know, the, the first being that are they, prom- you know, the, the, the promises that today's socialists are making, 
have yesterday's socialists, were they making the same promises and were they using the same means to get there? And the answer is yes to both questions. Um, so there's no there's no reason to think. And and, and just I know I know we talked about kind of fascism and socialism earlier. Um, there were there were two murderous ideologies in the 20th century. Um, you know, uh, fascism and, and communism. And fascism was you know was, was basically tried once catastrophic never again um i'm probably more scared of the the murderous ideology that won you know the the yeah. the, the kind of you know it you know it, it fascism sorry uh yeah well fascism was was kind of essentially defeated by communism you know with with, with kind of russia and being our ally at the time and then you know time and again after that it, it, it for, for some reason and whether it's because it, it appears to have good intentions. It's tried again and again and again. And as a consequence of that, it's killed 100 million people instead of 20 million people. So it's it's by far the greater threat. Yeah. I, well, I obviously agree with you. Um I've got I've got nothing more to add. I don't so think. on that on that on that cheery note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think we'll call it. Yeah, so thank you for listening to Sounding Board. Uh, we're really sorry we can't we can't get video sorted at the moment because it just takes too long and the software that we're using just doesn't appear to work. Um, so we are just on uh, just on audio for the time being. But thank you for listening, and we will uh, see you again next time. <laughs>